Hey gang, I'm Nikhil Croce, and you're listening to Season 3 of Who the Fuck? Practically Unplugged. This season takes on a different format than the previous two, so instead of asking guests to share their stories, this time around, I'm sharing mine. Each episode is a snapshot of my life, recorded over the past several months as I navigated the grief that came with loss, the resentment and shame that came from abuse, and the joy that I feel now knowing I finally prioritized myself. So get ready for a deeply personal and, of course, authentic and unapologetic season. If my story resonates with you, it's amazing to see your feedback, so pop over to your preferred podcast platform and share a review. Or better yet, if you know someone who will benefit from listening, tell them to check out the show wherever they get their podcasts. You can always head over to whothefck.com for more content and merch. So here we go. Well, hey gang, it's been a minute. I am back and I'm going to be doing things a little bit differently for season three. I first want to explain why season two got cut short and so abruptly. Um, The beginning of the year, past six months of my life have been turbulent to say the least. I um, started off the year heading back to the East Coast knowing that my marriage was likely going to end. While I was there, my mom suddenly and unexpectedly passed away the day after her and my dad's 39th anniversary, which was incidentally my niece's third birthday. And my mom's funeral services were the day of my nephew's first birthday. And then when I got home to Seattle and made it clear without question that I wanted to divorce my ex-wife, a situation ensued in which she violently assaulted me. Then I had to get back to work. So my ability to communicate effectively about how I feel, let alone dive deep into other people's stories, has been limited. I've been spending a lot of time in therapy, and for those of you that know how much therapy I was doing before this... It's even more now. And I will say, thank God, because if I didn't have a trusted resource that was there once or twice a week for me to help me through these impressively stressful grieving processes, I really don't know where I would be. It helps to have friends and family who have shown up so unconditionally across the board and across the globe. But there is something to be said for the fact that I had a therapist that I could trust with the things I couldn't even share with my friends and family about what what was going on in my marriage before it ended. And... I say that because no one should go through life alone. And when two massive life events collide, that one is 
the most painful sadness that I've ever experienced in losing my mom. And the other is just a painful gut check about the fact that I was allowing myself to live a lie. You know, it's really easy to shut the fuck down. It's really easy to feel like you don't have a grip on anything. And it is effortless to feel defeated. But you've got to come back, right? Because the only other option is giving up. And that's not what we're going to do. There's no benefit to giving up. just makes things worse. I spend a lot of time convincing myself of this, believe me. But when I, it really comes down to it, I look at this podcast as an example. And in the months that I was back with my family, even before my mom died, but especially after, when my marriage was hitting like the deepest throes of, of difficulty, I realized that the thing that had stuck with me most that my mom had said about relationships growing up was that because she didn't meet my dad until she was in her 30s, the night before her father died, he said she was never going to get married because she was too stubborn. And she said, I'd rather be alone for the rest of my life than alone in a marriage. And it took losing her to have the clarity to understand why that resonated so much with me. And it was because I was very much alone in my marriage. And in order to compensate for that, what at the time felt a lot like grieving and trying to heal through connecting with people because of these perceived experiences with my ex-spouse um, I, I created a blog. I created a blog that turned into this podcast and I, I sought so desperately to connect with people in a way that felt authentic and comfortable and safe and true. And I had this epiphany when I was telling my dad about this, that I, I realized that the common thread with all the guests on the podcast thus far regardless of how different all of the stories are, is that who the fuck you are is something you realize when you prioritize yourself, when you recognize that you deserve better than what you're giving yourself and that you ultimately have a choice to turn it around. And when I struggled to realize that I shouldn't be in the relationship that I was in. And I grappled with the lack of connection that I felt in my marriage. I sought friendship. I sought organic human connection. I sought understanding. And I learned how to enter conversations with less judgment and how to open up and not fear judgment as much. So what I'm saying is that 
I almost didn't realize how alone I was in my relationship because in creating this podcast and the community of guests that listen and the people who respond to it, I fulfilled such a great need for connection that I had. And that was the point, you know, create connection, fuel compassion, activate change, make a difference, do something for somebody else, do something for yourself. And when you do something for yourself, maybe that ripple effect keeps going and somebody else sees that they can or they help somebody else, you know? And I realize now that this this show, this project I started for the sake of having a mouth that doesn't stop and just really loving connecting with people, you know, it it saved my life. It it pulled me out of pure survival mode, constantly in crisis, constantly feeling the physical anxiety and the trauma and the just painful, numb existence. And I I know that painful and numb are contradictory. I was a shell of who I actually am for so long that I forgot who the fuck I am. But because all of you who showed up and spoke to me all of you who showed up and liked my posts or listened to the episodes or reached out with messages because of that. And I see now that that empathy and that compassion is what drives me and it is what brings me joy and It is what helps all of us heal from our pain. This has arguably been the worst fucking year of my life. The divorce in and of itself has plenty of things to gripe about. It is divorce. It is shitty. There is no way around it. Washington's no-fault state, they don't give a shit about anything except who makes more money. That works really poorly in my favor, or against my favor. So with that in mind, you know, it's like, what, what energy do I need to put towards that? I've given so much energy to that relationship while it was failing that I am 100% not interested in giving any more now. So I've gotten to this place where I'm often thinking radical acceptance. Be at peace with everyone. Don't exert bandwidth on these things because they're not serving me and they're not fulfilling me or giving me any sort of productive emotion. And then I'll have a day like today where I get an email from my lawyer and I'm just like, motherfucker, come on, this is seriously, this is still happening. And it's like, man, it just pulls you right back down to the depths of the bullshit. 
and the exact same type of aggressive, unanticipated moment can happen when I'm making tuna fish in my kitchen and then crumbling to the floor crying, thinking about how my mom used to make it. This is life right now for me. And I don't say any of this for pity. I say this because it's real. It is what is happening. And I spent two seasons interviewing people about who they are, asking the questions, wanting to know, wanting to understand. And I gained so much insight and so much gratitude for the people who shared their stories, and especially for those who said to me, I've never said this before. I owe it to myself, and I want to give it to you as my listeners and to my guests to reciprocate my truth, my story, my reality, good, bad, and indifferent. And... I'm going to warn you now, some of it might be ranty because I can be really pissed off about things sometimes, no matter how much above it I try to be. And sometimes I can be completely rational and realize that there is an end in sight and eventually that will come. At least with the divorce, that's a given. But with my mom, there's no fixing, there's no getting through it. It's just living with the pain every day and trying to remember all the good and sometimes wishing that even the cringeworthy, uncomfortable things that she would say were things that I still heard because it would mean that she was here. And it's hard to do all of this, to even do just one of these things but to do multiple, to have to go through multiple grieving processes, one which is so rooted in psychological abuse and trying to unravel my own shame and, and understanding and disappointment in myself and what I enabled, and the other grieving process which has been stifled by that because of just completely selfish behavior, where my family has had to essentially postpone our grieving process to deal with the erratic behavior of the person with whom I'm ending this marriage. And then having finally enough space to deal with that grief and feeling like I'm shattering every time it happens. Knowing that I missed time with my mom, that I could have spent with her, but I chose to live in my perception of reality and not in reality. So in the interest of talking about what reality is right now, I'm floundering. And I know it. And I know the people around me know it. Because I go to work and I do the job and I feel flat. I feel like I know what needs to happen. I sit at my computer and I type and I do the work and I just don't care. 
it's not because I don't want to do a good job or I don't take pride in my work. I do. And I do, but how on earth are we expected as emotional human beings to rebound from these types of experiences and be fully accountable on the ball, able to function, delivering the way that we were before any of it happened. It's completely unreasonable. And I'm not trying to make excuses. I, I just, I, it is so surreal to me that we are still living in a society where work product is more important than mental health, where money is more important than justice, where there's no fucking accountability for the people who do the wrong things. And there's misplaced accountability for the people who are trying to do the right things. And I want to change that. So I'm going to talk about it. This is going to be the first of a few or many, I'm not sure. Solo episodes that I'm going to do 20 to 30 minutes. So brace yourselves possibly longer. I mean, we know I can ramble, but I want to talk about what it's like, what it's been like going through the worst year of my life. My marriage ended with an act of domestic violence against me. Finding out my spouse was living essentially a double life and battling addiction. All of which means nothing in the court. And then I lost my mom. And my heart fucking hurts. And I don't want to paint a face on for everybody because it's not real. And on the flip side of that pain and that sadness and that frustration and that anger, I see very clearly the joy. There is so much opportunity to find the beauty in the pain. And once that initial soul-crushing pain subsides, in whatever circumstance it might be, as the phrase goes, the cracks are how the light gets in. And I see this as an opportunity for me to share both the cracks and the light with you, which means it might be rambly. It will definitely be messy, but it'll be real. And my hope is that even just one person listening feels like they aren't alone because nobody should feel alone in any of this. The things that happen in our life aren't always our choice. And how we actually move forward from the events that break us down really defines our potential. I mean, that's really what it is. It sounds a little cliche, but if we don't, 
if we can only exist in our misery, then we will live in a prison of our own making. But if we can see the joy, the light at the end of the tunnel, the the little moments, the glimmers of hope, the memories, the nostalgia, the details, we can slowly but surely lift ourselves up, rethink who we are, and create that life that we've so desperately wanted for so long. And unfortunately, sometimes it really takes a big punch to the gut or several to force us to acknowledge what we really want and need. But at least that fucking happens sometimes too, you know? What if I was still sitting here believing that my life was okay, believing that feeling numb, so essentially feeling nothing, deflecting my emotions so I wouldn't have to react to things. Like, what if that was still how I felt? What if that was still who I was okay with being? I can't even fathom it now because I see how much good is in my life despite all of this pain. I see the love from my family and friends. And I mean, that sounds pretty generic, but I mean, people came out of the woodwork when my mom died. And my friends, once I finally opened up about really difficult topics in my marriage, were, have been, and still are, so incredibly supportive. And it just shows that if you trust yourself and you can surround yourself with people who show up and see the world the way that you do and have an implicit desire to connect on a deeper level, this is how we get through. This is who we are for each other. This is the point of all of it. When I lost my job right before I moved to Seattle, I saw something that said, trust the timing of your life. And the way the last six months have played out, I've essentially had to let go of the reins and believe it. Blind trust that the universe knows what's up and will get me on the right track. I'm doing everything I can to help myself in that way, but if there's anything I've learned this year, it's that we have very little control over really anything at all. So this is my invitation to all of you to listen to my story as meandering as it may be sometimes and hopefully to feel seen and heard or at the very least feel like you know me a little better and that you can see the truth in my soul, which is that I just want to bring good into this world and I want to help other people do the same. So brace yourselves for a few episodes like this, maybe a little bit faster paced, maybe a little bit more 
pause, uh, more pauses and s- uncomfortable silences as I contemplate how I'm actually going to get the words out or if I lose my breath or if I start crying or if I get ranty. But this is what you signed up for because this is who the fuck I am. Well, gang, that's all for this episode of Who the Fuck Practically Unplugged. Thanks for listening. And if you like what you hear, share with your friends, coworkers, relatives, or anyone you think needs a healthy dose of introspection and raw authenticity. Feel free to rate and review wherever you get your podcasts. You can also visit whothefck.com to check out more content. And don't forget to give me a follow on Instagram at whothefck_nikki to keep up to date with what's new in my world. Catch you on the flip side.